on the road again. We can't wait to get back on the road again. It's rare we're in one of our actual cars, not yeah. a not a rental car. Not we're a not rental car. a thousand miles not away. Not a fleet car. Three thousand miles away. We we're actually in one of our cars. If my car, the one we're driving in right now, had been on the entire road trip to Hartford and to California and to back, it would be over two hundred thousand miles. We're at about we're at about. 193 yeah. right now, and when the team gets to Johnson City, Tennessee, when they're playing East Tennessee State tonight, it'll be 7,000 miles traveled for Winthrop in the first 10 days of the basketball season. It's a lot of miles. But it's been a fun, fun start to the year because the team has played great. Yeah, they play great. I was garbage on Tuesday, by the way. I just <laughs> didn't do I mean, I, I got home, did, did uh, put up a lot of our uh, digital from post game and you know I thought a couple of clips we put up of Pat uh, the one that really struck me was when he said uh, that the win obviously gratifying for the current players but it was for the Mentoris Robinsons and the Terrell Martins and the Chris Gaynors and that he hoped that uh, you know that this effort you know made Randy Peel and uh, Greg Marshall proud I thought that was an interesting cut to me Winthrop beat St. Mary's on Monday, the third ever win for Winthrop over a ranked opponent, the first ever in a true road game. The previous two were Miami in the Orange Bowl Classic in 2007 in the NCAA Tournament at the end of the 06-07 season in Spokane against Notre Dame. And the fact that it came just a day after losing at the buzzer against Fresno State made it that much more incredible. And then I have never seen anything like it before working in sports of any kind. The team could not exit Moraga quickly (laughs) enough because they were on a very tight window to catch a red-eye flight back to Charlotte. So it was like, we won, great. Get out of the shower. Get on yeah. the bus. Let's go. Yeah, and uh, and they got a little help from the administration at St. Mary's. They got an escort just out of the St. Mary's campus yeah. and and onto the uh, the highway. And uh, we made it. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Getting the escort out of town or out of out of campus. I don't. You know. And the funny thing is, had we not gotten that, we would not have made the trip. Some of us, maybe. That's. That may be the case. What definitely would have prevented us from getting home is if Jordan Ford had hit that runner at the buzzer that would have sent the game to overtime. Who knows what happens in overtime. One thing I'm sure of is we're not getting on that flight. (laughs) No, we were not making that flight with overtime. I thought Coach Kelsey's uh, quote today in the uh, Rock Hill Herald was hilarious from uh, his mentor, Skip Prosser, that said... If you don't miss a flight every now and again, you're spending too much time hanging out at the airport. <laughs> That's a great line. I kind of like that. That's a great line. But that was a that was a great win. Real gutty. You know, it was it was a one point game. I tell you what, Dave, we've only seen two games from Chandler Vaudrin, but man, he looked good. I have no idea how his game works. I don't get it. Yeah. Like he's a six seven point guard. Right. He's not overly fast or athletic. No. He is not a great outside shooter, right. yet he is able to back his way in, kind of crafty, 
good passer, very good vision. Talk about a guy making the most of what he has. He yeah. he is I I mean he led all of college basketball two years ago at Division II Walsh with triple doubles. He had yeah. like four or five of them. And with double doubles, he had like 17 or 18 of them. And he's just he has such awareness and such savviness with how to use his body. And not only that, though. I mean, he was he was really fantastic at at uh, backing his man down, uh, but the passing too. And I, you know, we knew coming into the season that was also part of his game. And you mentioned the triple doubles, but he, and you, I think your line was great. He, he still there's so many tools in the passing toolbox. Um, they're going to be, you know, what Winthrop's going to be an interesting team this year, and, and I think they're going to be a tough. They're going to be tough to match up with in the league, no doubt. Well, they about just it. have so many options. So yeah. you have the big point guard that we just described, yeah. and then the other point guard is I don't know five seven, lightning quick, yeah. a complete disruptor when he presses and kind of yeah. nags at you defensively, a capable shooter, and it's only going to get better, but changes the tempo of the game yeah. when he's in. The big guys, you've got Josh Ferguson, who's become a face-up big, even though he's capable in the post. You've got DJ Burns, who is a very strong back-to-the-basket yeah. offensive player. And you have Chase Claxton, who kind of does everything. He's crafty with reverse layups and putbacks, very bouncy and athletic. But defensively, to me, is where he is such a difference maker. A, a shot blocker, yeah. he helps out defensively, he's a good rebounder. I mean, you can see the pedigree. His dad played college basketball, yeah. was a pro. His brother played at Georgia, got drafted last year. And you can see why why he is um, he has a very bright future. Fun to watch and just fits into spaces you don't think he can get in there. And all of a sudden, there he is, and he's got a putback or he's got a big rebound, took a couple of charges. You know, you've got Kyle Zunick, the, the Aussie junior back from last year, who's kind of the glue guy, Mr. Tough guy, and I mean that in a positive sense. You know, he's just, he's just the, he's kind of the grit, you know, I mean, he's kind of... I mean, they hit like 13 threes against Fresno State, yeah. they lost by three at the, three buzzer. At the buzzer, yeah. then they only hit five threes against St. Mary's, and they win playing kind of that good defense, that toughness, teams that are really good can win in multiple ways and this is a team that has a little bit of that Swiss Army knife where they can beat you offensively or they can beat you in a low scoring game or a high scoring game somebody once suggested that you know the biggest difference between playing a non-conference game and a conference game when you're a low major is you just don't have the size to match up but Winthrop has a couple of those guys this year that could fit on a uh, a high major roster. I mean, you're you're not going into any game thinking you might play a great opponent. East Tennessee State is really, really good. I mean, they they've got good guards, they've got good bigs, they're physical, great home court advantage. Like this is going to be an exceptionally tough game for Winthrop tonight, particularly after the travel that wiped you out on on Tuesday. But um. They, you don't go into the game thinking, man, I don't know how we're going to do it. Because if one thing doesn't work, there's another option to try. No doubt about it.
Oh, and by the way, as we mentioned at the very top of the Bearded Car Cast, Dave Friedman, I am Mike Pacheco, on our way to Johnson City, Tennessee, taking on the ETSU Buccaneers. It's been a while since we've been in Tennessee. We were there frequently last year. Last yeah. year we drove through on the way to Kentucky. Yeah. We That's were where there. you earned your doctorate. <laughs> yes, at Tennessee Tech last year, we went to a donut place on the way home where a veteran suggested that... Uh, he called you Doc. I was a dog. He thought you were a doctor. Right, so we were at Tennessee Tech. We played at But Vanderbilt. did he think you were a PhD or an MD? Uh, I don't know. You maybe a that. psychologist or something. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, so so we're, we're, we're headed west. I think this is our only trip, you correct me, that we're going... Like through Asheville this year, Winthrop does not play at UNCA this season. I, last year we were pounding it out on I forty. Yeah. This year I don't think we make many well, visits. Is the GPS? Uh, yesterday when I looked where we were going, the GPS actually took us through. Or, well, the one road I saw was three twenty one through Hickory, right? Forty, but not yeah. through Asheville, around Asheville. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean that's pretty typical for going yeah. in this yeah. direction. Yeah. So. What are we going to do in Johnson City? Well, we have a lot of options. I think How about we got correspondence yeah. from a loyal listener, we did. and we're going to follow through he's on He's got it. a buddy uh, that lives in Johnson City, I guess. Gave us a restaurant recommendation, so we're going to go there. Now, let's be very clear about it. There's only two things that can happen here. Yeah. The restaurant can be good, and we can continue to solicit yeah. thoughts of <laughs> others. Or the restaurant can be like your friend John Meter Perel picked when we were Ooh, in Boston, right, right, right. and we can never listen to the listeners again. Well, wait a minute. Are you going to go one and done on everybody or just on Carl? Everybody. Everybody. Carl well, represents... He represents the people. Right. We only have a small, loyal fan base. Yeah. Carl is a loyal, 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 loyal. listener. Yeah. Maybe the Pressure's most on, Carl. loyal listener. <laughs> He is representing yeah. our listeners. Yes. If Carl doesn't get the job done, right. everyone wow, does. You're, you're, you're only tight, as good as your weakest link. Yeah. I expect that all yeah. of our listeners, I'm glad Mita Perel doesn't listen, yeah. can find us a yeah. decent restaurant. I don't think someone would spend the time and yeah. effort to reach out if they didn't have a recommendation they felt comfortable in. So I was on uh, I was on a radio station today in Johnson City with Bob and Bud in the morning. Good guys. Does, good Bob, does Bud uh, have a side business? Does he own some uh, places where you can get your hair cut? Oh yeah, <laughs> different Bud, different Bud, not Bud Childers. I like I like what you're thinking though. So at the end of the interview, I, it was funny because probably spent about six minutes on Winthrop and about eight minutes on the Panthers, um, but. Uh, I asked them at the end of the interview, I said, all right, you know, Dave and I like to go to different places. We like to do cultural things. We like to do restaurants. And uh, the go-to was, oh, we got all these great pizza places. And I was like, you guys need to listen to the Bearded Car Cast. I mean, pizza places aren't where we start out. We end up there, like we did in Hartford, uh, on the way back from, uh, or in Vernon, actually, on the way back to the airport on Thursday night. But then he did give me a couple names of some barbecue places. But they did say... Well, did they mention the, Carl's Place? No, they didn't mention Carl's Place. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Mm. I don't think they did. Anyway, I have to double-check that on my list. But they, they mentioned something about Peggy Ann's Donuts, so we have to try that on the way out of town. Well, we got let's look at the hours on Peggy Ann's. Maybe yeah. we might need to pick one up on the way in yeah. and then eat it on the way out, or yeah. maybe we can go after the game. Yeah. 
We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know that I've eaten a donut since Winthrop beat Tennessee Tech right. last year, and we were yeah. told to go to the donut place yeah. in, uh, um, what's the name of the city Tennessee Tech's located Cookville. In? Cookville, yes, Cookville. Now, uh, in doing research on this trip, uh, it, it is amazing that the train was instrumental in the growth of Johnson City. It was the Is that right? It was the convergence of many, several different train lines that converged into Johnson City, Tennessee. So maybe we'll try and find a train spot to uh, to go check up on the uh, the history. And I think we couldn't do this because uh, uh, we didn't have time. We would have to have left really early this morning. But we could have taken a train on. A, we could have taken a ride on a steam train or a locomotive. I think out of either Blowing Rock. Uh, there's like a big train thing. Well, in, I've taken the train out of Bryson too. City. Yeah, Bryson City. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, but we didn't have the uh, the time for that, which is unfortunate. Well, we wanted to have Roger Goodell on the podcast today. He was interested in coming on, but we, we just didn't have the time. Didn't for have him. time. Didn't have no, time. No, I wanted Roger to talk Goodell. to him about. Colin Kaepernick yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, everything yeah, going on, you yeah, know, possibly a 17-game yeah, season, yeah, but we just yeah, nope. we ran out of time ran for Raj. We do have Matt Damon in the back seat, so maybe we'll get to him at the end. Yeah, of the yeah, Jeremy, yeah. Uh, Brad, Brad uh, back there. Matt. So we'll get to what's going on in sports, yeah. the, the NFL and, and everything else, but during our last road trip, we had... A reunion of sorts. We did. In fact, I think it's the only time since we've started this that we had the former and current Winthrop announcers in one broadcast. Well, we've been together before, just not on the air. Yes. Well, no, that's what I meant, on the on the broadcast. So Mike Cranston, who for, uh, what, eight years, eight seasons, was uh, he was the predecessor for us. He was the voice of the Eagles. Uh, and, you know, he, he start, his first year... Like us, uh, was a very successful year. It was the first year with Greg Marshall, and uh, our, of course, our first year was with Notre Dame. Uh, once we're beating Notre Dame, and uh, let's listen to that conversation right now. Boy, we are not saving our best halftime guest for the end of the year. We've got it right here and now. It is. It's a, a longtime voice of the Eagles. Some of you may know him as Matt Worthy, but we know him as Mike Cranston. Guys, it's just unbelievably honored and humbled to be on this broadcast once again. To be, to be, to be sitting between legends, Dave Friedman and Mike Pacino, uh, to be back on, on the Winthrop Sports Network, uh, driven by Jeep, we are now, with its Shaw uh, Star Market Winthrop Sports Network. I mean, it's just an incredible experience to be back, and uh, thanks for having me. How many years did you do these games? Eight years. Eight years, and well, we're almost doubled them up. Were those all with, all with, <laughs> all with Greg Marshall? Yes. Uh, you know, a lot of people give credit to Greg Marshall for turning around this program, but I was, I was there for the first year as well. So, you know, I, it's an absolute joke. I don't, He's in the Hall of Fame. I know. I know. You know, the absolute joke really is that uh, you know the floor at the Winter Coliseum is not named after Dave Friedman. In my opinion, now it should be Dave Friedman Ford at Jeff Clark. Coliseum. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, it just hasn't happened yet. Hopefully it will soon. They used to have a thing online where you could 
nominate people for the Winthrop Hall of Fame. We pushed for you seriously, <laughs> but uh, yes. you haven't gotten that phone call yet? I, I have not. I, I heard that uh, you know it was, it was considered a joke, and they have now since stopped that uh, promotion. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, it's still... You know, I may have to wait for the Veterans Committee, but, you know, I'm, I'm the Dwight Evans of broadcasting. You are the Dwight Evans of broadcasting. We're joined at halftime by Mike Cranston, the former voice of the Eagles. It's winter 34 and Hartford 28 at the break. For fans that have not heard you in however many years we've taken over here, what have you been up to? I've been up to a few things. You know, I left in... Uh, oh, in a decade plus, you've been up to a few yeah, things? Yeah, uh, 2006, I, I moved and became a, a, a print reporter for the Associated Press. Did that job for five years and then uh, left that job. I you know, went through some tough times in my life, but, you know, I, I, I came back and was, uh, was doing some freelancing. So I've lived in a lot of... pretty much every corner of the country in the last uh, six or seven years and uh, made a, a abrupt switch about a year ago when uh, sports betting became legal, I decided, hey, I'm going to try to get into that field as, as the writing industry is not in very good shape right now. So I now live in Atlantic City. I work with DraftKings, helping to run their sports book there at one of the casinos in Atlantic City on the boardwalk. So that's what I'm doing at the moment. So basically, I've, I've gone from a, you know being a, the voice of the Eagles to a professional bookmaker. <laughs> and I'm sure it was well uh well, well earned. I go backwards in life. No, 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 no. You're having fun. It's a good thing. But talk about having fun. What, what are some of your favorite memories broadcasting? You know, a lot of people ask what my my favorite memory was, and you know, during the eight years they went to six NCAA tournaments. That was fun. There was a lot of uh, you know, big South championship games, some some big wins over you know some major uh, uh, conference opponents. But to me, the the, the the top memory for me was the calling the technical foul to Jeff Lark. The trainer had at Birmingham Southern. Uh, you know, to me, you know, uh, I remember the trip. Uh, in basically, the entire team was sick, and he was spending the whole night, you know, getting players uh, hydrated and all that. So we come out of a timeout. I'm laying it on thick, telling how what a great guy Jeff Lara is. I mean, he, he's responsible for this, you know, six or eight point lead. And I'm looking over to him, and all of a sudden, he's mouthing off at, at a referee coming out of the timeout who was upset he wasn't moving with the chairs and water bottles fast enough and he gets teed up just as I'm telling him how great he is. So that, that, that to me is the top moment of my Winthrop. Winthrop won the game. Had they not, do you think he would have been employed? I tell you, uh, Greg Marshall uh, brought that up himself in the post-game interview, as you could probably uh, recall. And it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, this, is the, this is the second meeting, right, between Winthrop and Hartford. That's right. The first time they met, remember that game in 2001, they were playing uh, down the road at the Hartford Civic Center, and Winthrop got off to a terrible start that year. They were two and five. That was a, a loss. And they shot 30-some-odd percent or whatever. And one of the worst post-game interviews. Greg wasn't, wasn't the really most friendliest guy when they lost, and that was a really bad loss, so I remember that. Hartford snapped a 22-game yes. losing streak with that one. I imagine Coach Marshall was real fired up. Before we let you go, um, your time at Winthrop, not necessarily an individual memory, but kind of what was the experience like? You know, I miss it. Uh, you know, in, in seeing you guys, it, you know, it's, it's great. Uh, you know, and one of the things that, you know, I hope listeners realize, you know, I've been joking around here, but that, that these two guys are really good broadcasters, and no, nobody preps more better for a game than, than Dave does. And, uh, you know, what I miss really is, you know, the day-to-day, -day, the camaraderie, being around the players, being around the, being around the, the, the coaches and the support staff, and, 
you know, when you travel with a team and you see every second of every game, you, know, you really become invested in it. And, you know, there's that adrenaline rush, obviously, as you guys you know, calling a game that, that I miss to this day. So, you know, it's good to be back, see some of the old people. I know there's been a lot of turnover, but, you know, Dave, Dave is never going to leave. So, you know, that, that's, that's the great part. And I'm right there with him. Yeah, and, and, and neither is Mike. And, uh, you know, Dave gets to go home and, and, and see uh, some of his people out in Northern California on this trip. So uh, it's great to see you guys and uh, have a great season. Great to have Mike Cranston joining us at halftime during the Hartford game. This is the Bearded Carcast. Mike didn't even know he was going to be on the Bearded Carcast. What an exciting what a, moment what? this must be for him. So I think the statute of limitations has ended on this story. So, so Mike Cranston, uh, and I don't think we talked about this in the interview, but... Well, it was alluded to. It was alluded to, but we need to explain it. So, uh, he's doing Winthrop, and uh, at the same time, he was also doing the morning sports flashes for WFNZ. And when Mike Kellogg came to town, actually, this might have been before Mike was doing Winthrop games, but anyway, uh, for some reason, Mike Kellogg, uh, who's also uh, in Massachusetts, he's from New York, but he was working at WEI in Boston at the time, then came to Charlotte to start up WFNZ. So he starts WFNZ, and Cranston's on the air for, I don't know, six or eight months, and, you know, Mike sometimes would just get a, a trigger in his head and be like, all right, got to go, got to change this. So he calls Metro Networks, who Cranston worked for, and they handled our traffic and, and, and news and sports and all that. So he says, yeah, he calls uh, Jim Huggins. He's like, yeah, this kid, this kid Cranston, has got to go. And they don't know what to do because they didn't really have anybody else that could do now, it. Now, this doesn't actually affect Cranston's employment. He can do updates right, and right, weather there, there and traffic There were like three or four other things other that he was doing. Right. And he was writing stories and there was a whole bunch of things. But they don't want him on the air anymore at WFNC. Right. right. So, um, so they find somebody else to do it. Well, they sort of found somebody else to do it. Uh, and, and figuring that he was not worthy... Um, and he didn't change his voice or anything. He just changed his name, and he became Matt Worthy. And Matt Worthy was on the air for like three or four years until he Kellogg was, loved him. Loved him. Matt, this is Matt Worthy. I love guy. this Matt. Where did he come from? <laughs> yeah. Who is this Matt Worthy? So that's the Matt Worthy story. And you know, my my uh, I had a false name for a while. Yeah. So I don't know if we've talked about this on the on the podcast, but so when I started at uh, WFNZ doing. For Metro working for Cranston, it was. Uh, Do you think the the fans of the Carcast are upset to know that we don't have like a rivalry with Cranston? It's not like, uh, oh, now we're doing this job. We're doing it different. We got to start over, bare bones. Like, like we actually like no, them. No, but, but you were both. But we both worked for him at different times, right. and we both liked him. He's our friend. And uh, to be honest with you, he kind of gave us a heads up too. Like he told me about this job, and Jack Frost told me about the job. So. I mean, at the same time, right? you Go once on. said when we were uh, visiting a boiling spring, this is the end of our career. And, you know, to a degree, you could say that Mike Cranston leaving Winthrop was the end of our career. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> but um, so after the 2000, after the 2001 season, uh, they asked me to do some stuff with Metro Networks with WFNZ doing updates. And because I was already had already started working for the Panthers. It was a competing radio station. This was back then when the lines are a little more blurred now, but if you worked at, if you were on there at one station, you were not allowed to be on there at another station. Even if you weren't full-time. Even if you weren't full-time. Or they would, they would, it was strongly encouraged. Or yes. discouraged. Discouraged, right? Yes. So, 
So I went back to the Panthers. I said, hey, I have this opportunity to do sports updates. You know, uh, you, know you think it's okay? And at the time, I was, uh, I was really just only producing the post-game show. And uh, our boss at the time, Linda Ricca, was like, absolutely, you just can't use your name. We've already, like, invested, like, time into you. So you can, be, you can do it, but you have to call yourself something else. So did you go as, like, swashbuckling Mike? No. So I went as Paul Michaels. Paul Michaels. You have told that story. And my buddy uh, Tom Barry loves it. <laughs> so, no, but this is the, the – here's the Paul Harvey, the rest of the story, right? So Tennessee, last home game. I'm in the locker room. And Mick Mixon, I go over to talk to Mick Mixon, and he goes, Hey, I met some guy yesterday. He want, want me to ask you about Paul Michaels. <laughs> I knew exactly what was going on. I was like, okay. And then at the game on Sunday, uh, one of the guest services uh, folks, Shelly, she goes, Hey, can I talk to you for a second? She's like, yeah. She's like, I met somebody that wanted me to ask you about Paul Michaels. And I was like, no, you son of a gun. <laughs> so Tom was on some sort of tour at Bank of America Stadium, and Riled everybody up with Paul Michael's stories. So. <laughs> so that was fun. With Mike Pacheco, I'm Dave Friedman. This is our Bearded Carcast. You should be a part of the program. Send us an email, beardedcarcast at outlook.com. Follow us on social media. Leave us a review, good, bad, or otherwise. We just want reviews. We don't actually care whether they're positive or not. Mike's a little bit more sensitive than I am. I, I honestly am happy for you to rip the program. That just means you're listening to the oh, program. No, I'm, I'm, hey, I'd rather you listen and rip us than not listen and love us. I think there's a lot to rip, quite honestly. <laughs> hey, uh, and this might be the last time we're soliciting uh, suggestions from folks. What's our, our What's the next road trip? Farming? don't have another road trip. Winthrop is home. A Duke. Duke's in there. Duke the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. So you have a good suggestion in Durham? Maybe a Triangle. light meal the day after yeah, Thanksgiving. Right. No doubt. No doubt. Because we're going to load up. Load up for Thanksgiving. So we didn't watch the NFL this week. We were on the road with Winthrop. We saw, well, we saw bits a and pieces. spattering of yeah. Sunday. We listened to the Thursday night game on the radio, listen to some of the Monday night game, um, but we, we really didn't see a lot. Now, I've been busy the last couple of days. You were knocked out on Tuesday. We've gotten up to date a little bit, but it seems to me we're back to one of the biggest stories being a non-football story. What is the deal with this Colin Kaepernick... Um, Exhibition tryout? What well, I don't even know what to call it. So, here's a thought that I had, and this is not researched. It's really just a thought. Not an, I would. I don't even know. I'd say it's maybe an inkling. It's not so far as an opinion, but this to me looks like you know maybe the NFL doesn't feel like you know, uh, or maybe the heat is off now a little bit, if you will. So maybe it's a chance to, all right, you know what? He's maybe, quote-unquote, he's served his time, if you will, and now we'll, we'll hope a tryout, and if a team wants to sign him, go for it. But, but wasn't here, but, that the case previously? Well, yeah, but hold on. What's what's different now than two, three, one, two, three years ago? Nobody's paying attention to people kneeling, and Colin Kaepernick is out of the spotlight. That's one. Somebody's on the ropes right now, potentially. Somebody is on the road. Somebody who, who really led the charge on the Colin Kaepernick thing? Trump, President Trump. So I don't know. This is just this could be pie in the sky. But I'm just wondering if impeachment's going on. 
he's kind of busy with other things. And maybe the NFL says, all right, this is a good time to kind of... But did the NFL need to do anything? The story's over. I, like, I have no idea why you would, like... And, and it seems like it's been done in a really sloppy manner, and it might yeah. not even happen. But, like, he hasn't played in the NFL in, what, like, four years or something? But don't forget... It's the, the middle of the season? Right, but don't forget, uh, you know, even though it's been kind of quiet, there's also been this undercurrent... Um, you know, one of the, I guess, positives out of this was, you know, the players having a little bit of a voice with the, at least able to air some things out with the commissioner. And maybe this was, you know, the CBA talks are going on. Well, maybe, this, maybe it does have something to do with that. Maybe maybe it's something like, you know what, to get that 17th game, maybe the players said, all right, here are a couple things that we need to see before we can agree to that. And maybe that was tied into that. I mean, that's probably more realistic than the Trump thing, but... What do you think about the 17-game season? This is the first time I'm beginning to, like, read things and hear things that, like, it seems like a very legitimate might happen. For a long time, we talked about 18 games, expanding this, and, like, it was kind of a non-starter. Now it seems to be an actual, like, there's a pretty decent shot this is happening. I still think it's, don't mess with it, it's it's, you know how it is now is good, right? Seventeen games, you know that now becomes somewhat of a player safety issue. I think, right? I mean, I don't know if you get rid of two preseason games and you add a regular season game, revenue is going to be up. Is player safety going to be worse? I, I mean, I guess it has to be. But marginally. don't forget. But don't forget. I mean, the players in four preseason games, starters in four preseason games, starters barely play a full half. Yep, that's right. So now instead of playing a half, you'd be You're playing, playing one full football game. One full football Legitimate, full-speed yep. NFL football game. Yep. So, you know, I mean, I I understand why they want to do it. I mean, obviously, the, you know, the, the NFL is 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 back in business, if you will. I mean, it, it maybe it take, took a dip a couple years ago, but, you know, numbers seem to be pretty strong as far as TV ratings. Um, numbers were always strong. They dipped, but they were still stronger than anything sure, else sure, out sure, there. Sure, 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 sure. There's still tremendous yeah. interest in whether right. it be a new Thursday but I night think, package right. or whatever. But I think, I think you know, kind of bouncing back from, even though it wasn't a huge dip, uh, I think, look, there's still the great unknown out there, the wild, wild west of, you know, monetizing social media. Uh, you know, and you know, you got social media companies starting to, you know, you know, Yahoo's involved, Twitter's involved with some of this stuff. I mean, it's all about TV packages. You sell your TV package for a bazillion dollars. Yeah. You play an extra game. That's one extra week. And if you do it in a creative way, every team plays eight home games, eight road games, and a neutral site game. Whether those are international or elsewhere. You can sell that package yeah. every week. Fox, CBS, ABC, NBC. Maybe it's Amazon or Yahoo. You have this one game. Maybe it's in that 9:30 a.m. Eastern window. Maybe some weeks it's a second Monday night game. Yeah. You can do a lot of different things with it, and then you can have the revenue if you want of expanding the playoffs. You can go seven teams make the playoffs in each mm. conference. One team gets a buy, and now you've created more inventory. Yeah. And do you add more time into the playoffs or just keep it the same number of weeks it is now? I mean, the rumor is that they want to have a Monday night playoff game that first weekend mm. of the of the playoffs, which, again, is another TV window yes, and another, another right. money revenue right. generation option. And because the NFL is going to make a ton more money on this, 
they can bend to the players and they can roster an extra guy or two that's active on Sunday or you can have a couple extra guys on that taxi squad or they can get an extra percentage of yeah. the revenue or or whatever it is or if it's a player safety issue you can you can address that in some way right well you could do um, you know I don't know I don't know if I like this idea you know we're just kind of spitballing but you know like almost like a players can have their own bye week you know, like maybe there's one bye week where, but that that doesn't seem a reason. Uh, that wouldn't. I don't know how that would work. Cause, uh, just a thought. But, and they've been they've floated things out like that before. That each player can play in 16 games, yeah. but the team plays 17 games. I just don't think players like if they're healthy, they wouldn't want to have to force themselves to sit. You know. Right. I mean, I think you'd kind of wait 10 weeks and assume guys are going to miss games because of injuries, and then anybody that's played 10 weeks, then you have to start budgeting what are our important games yeah. and what aren't our important games and where can we get away with this guy or that guy sitting type thing. I mean, that would I mean that would have serious gambling, fantasy implications as well. Yeah, and then, you know, that brings up another topic I wanted to talk about, and we'll get into one or two of the games in a moment for this weekend, but... The NFL is great because it's, you know, there are only 16 games. You can kind of follow the entire league. But how much of your interest is because of gambling or fantasy or pick em contests? Or this year, you and I have picked one game yeah. against the spread each week. Right. Like, do you pay any more attention to that game than you would normally? So you just don't care about your bearded carcass pick. Just, it's totally irrelevant to you. It's a, it, it's a nothing. Why are we even doing it if you don't care? No, I do care, but it's not. Um, it wouldn't. It, well, probably because I'm just doing the one game, and it's the home. It's my hometown team. So yeah, you'd care about the Patriots that's, anyway. That's yeah. That's probably not a good a good representation. Um, I care more because of your picks. Because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm interested. You're competing. I'm competing. Um, yeah, Who do the, the Patriots play the Eagles this week, right? They do, yeah. And it's Patriots minus three or three and a half? Something like that, yeah. And? Three and a half. Oh, oh, Patriots, off a, Patriots off a bye. Patriots off a bye. That's are the Eagles you... also off a bye? I think the Eagles are off they a bye, too. off a bye, too. And it's in Philly. And it's in Philly. And it's... Uh... Arguably the second best team the Patriots have played this year. Yes. They They lost their one game against a pretty good team in Baltimore, and then they had the bye. Yeah, I'm... I don't know, off a of bye, Bill Belichick's awfully tough. I, I don't think the Patriots will put two back-to-back duds together. I just don't think that. So I'm going to go Patriots, and uh, I'll uh, I'll lay the po- Wait, so who's the favorite? Patriots are favored, right? Patriots yeah, are favored. Yeah, I'll lay the points. Lay the points, take the Patriots. Yeah. I kind of like Philly again. Uh, I, I've liked going against the Patriots the last several weeks. I, I like the Browns. That was a loser. And I like the Ravens. That was a winner. I, I don't know that the Patriots aren't the best team in the league, but they have to prove it playing reasonably good teams, and I think Philly is a okay or pretty good team. But I don't know. We'll see. It kind of feels a little bit like the Ravens game. Weren't the weren't the Patriots like a three-point road favorite yeah, something like that. in that yeah. game? Yeah. And maybe Baltimore is better than Philadelphia, so may, maybe you're right on this one. But I, I kind of like the Eagles a pinch. I'm going back to my Colts pick. I hadn't picked them in several yeah. weeks. They're coming off back-to-back losses, but they're getting Jacoby Brissett back, and they're laying less than a field goal at home against what I think is kind of a, a so-so Jacksonville club. So I'm going back to... Indy, who has been good in division games. They had that big win over Houston and uh, 
we'll see. They're certainly not playing their best football, but uh, I like the coaching staff and I like getting Brissett back. I don't think Jacksonville's that good, so I'm going. I'm going back to the Colts this week. No singing. We are going to Johnson City, Tennessee, which uh, has some great musical roots, not just uh, country music, but... Oh, by the way, Dave, there's a disabled vehicle up ahead. You know, we just passed... We're we're just past Shelby. Uh, We just passed a gas station that I went to several years ago. Remember when there was the gas shortage? Yes. Yes, that that gas station had gas. They had gas. Right, so it's memorable for that reason. I, I feel... I feel... My Enriched. life is better knowing that I knew that. Yeah. yeah. yeah I thought good, you would. Good gas station story. Hey, send us your gas station stories. Beardedcarcast at Outlook.com. At Beardedcarcast is how you follow along on Twitter. Leave us a review. Hey, we're also now on Stitcher. So in addition to SoundCloud and iTunes, you can catch us there. Uh, Dave mentioned last segment we talked about you know, a little bit of a... Uh, spotty NFL weekend for us. We were just traveling so much. And, and there were great games. I mean, there, there were, were four games, or five, yeah. six games that finished in the final minute or two. We did see after the Winter Fresno State game the end of the Panthers in Green Bay. So, it, I, I don't know that I, I... Have you gone back and watched it? I have not. Not the whole game, no. Um, but what I thought was interesting watching that live uh, in Fresno at the Safe Mart Center, I was thinking, man, this is... This is how legend. This is where legends are made, right? Because the Panthers were down, they were driving. There was like a minute left to go. Kyle Allen's, you know, marching them down the field, and then they kind of this, this, not the same play call, but a similar situation. Uh, Christian McCaffrey gets the ball. They get stopped. Time expires. Green Bay wins. But what was interesting in the locker room yesterday. Uh, we were talking to Gerald McCoy, and somebody asked him about, you know what the team thought of Kyle Allen and you know how he's kind of come along and he said I thought it was pretty interesting he's like hey I've seen guys in that situation well veteran guys uh you know that you know weather uh, it's cold you know you're down trying to come back he said you know what you know we believe in him you know he you know so he has the confidence of his teammates so that was kind of the one thing that you know because people keep asking me you know, is Cam done? Are they going to trade him? You know, we don't know. And the report yesterday was that uh, he's just not he would, worth very much. He would welcome a, a trade to to the Bears. You know, if they were you know looking for a quarterback. Um, but what I think is interesting, Dave, is it you know as the weeks go on, you know, you know players are, and, and this isn't a players, you know, this isn't a Cam versus Kyle thing, but people are asking them about Kyle Allen, and, and increasingly. And as Gerald McCoy said yesterday, like he's our guy, and you know we're, we like, you know we like what he's doing. You know, I, I heard somebody talking about this the other day. Kyle Allen's obviously an undrafted guy who has had a pretty good season. If he were to enter this year's draft, obviously those aren't the rules. He's already on an NFL right, team. Right. But if he were a part of this year's draft, where would he get drafted? That's the thought being that he is the same age as Joe Burrow. LSU's quarterback who's the likely Heisman Trophy winner and very well may be picked in the top 10. Joe Burrow going into college was like a four-star recruit and Kyle Allen was like a three or a four-star recruit. And I think some services had Kyle Allen like as the top rated quarterback. Yeah, so maybe he was even a higher recruit than, than Joe Burrow. His college career didn't go as well, but he's still really, really young, and he's had a year in the league that, I mean, at very least has been encouraging. 
Well, and you, you know, talking to talent evaluators of different sports, from an NFL perspective, Kyle Allen's a known commodity now. You know, Joe Burrow, a lot of intent, I mean, a lot of great things to see, a lot of intangibles. You know, we did get to watch the, uh, and it was fun watching the game with your dad at, uh, in California, watching the, the uh, Alabama game, LSU. I mean, Burrow, I mean, if he's not the Heisman Trophy candidate, he certainly took a big step Well, I mean, he's, he's the favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. I still don't know that he's going to get drafted ahead of to attack of Iloa, yeah. and, and I'm not sure where Justin Herbert plays into it, and those are just the quarterbacks, but like if Kyle Allen, if we were picking, you know, you're picking Tom Brady's replacement, yeah. and your options are those guys, Kyle Allen, Tua, Joe Burrow, Herbert, in what order are you picking them? That is a great question. I mean, me... Just the fact it's a question, though, yeah. tells you that when you evaluate Kyle Allen, we no longer can think about him as the undrafted guy. Those other guys are all top 10 picks. Right. So even if you don't think Kyle Allen would be picked like that, you probably think he's a first-round pick. And now you're talking about a first-round pick-quality quarterback that, well, why wouldn't you allow your franchise to be turned over to that guy yeah. and see if he's good or not. He might not make it long-term. He might not be, you know, a top five or a top ten quarterback. But if you think you have a first-round talent, well, that's kind of what you work for. No, no doubt about it. And, you know, and the other guys all have, you know, interesting pedigrees. Uh, Tua, obviously, the national championship, uh, you know, playing in two national championship games for Alabama. It'd be interesting. The question I think that's interesting is, you know, of those guys, how would Bill Belichick rank them? And my guess is, I wish we had time for Bill on the podcast know, but today. But again, you know, yeah, we, we, we told him we, you know, meet him in Asheville on the way to Johnson City, but practice got yeah, in the got way. In the way. He's too May, busy. Yeah, it's tough. I think we've run out of room for Matt Damon too. We should have got him when we were up in Hartford. We should have. I'm kind of surprised that Belichick didn't come to that Winthrop Hartford game. Well, you know, he, he is a uh, proud Wesleyan graduate. Wesleyan, I think, is like maybe 20 minutes from, from where we were. Yeah, it's surprising. But it, And it was a bye week, too. It's surprising. You know, we didn't invite him. That's our fault. Yeah. It's a big mess. It's a big mess. But we had Mike Cranston. But we had Mike Cranston. I'd take uh, Tua. Yeah. I, I, I know he's unconventional. He's left-handed. But... I. I I liked him coming into the year. I've seen very little during the year not to like him. I, I think he's... I, I, I would take my chance at his upside. But I think that's the case, too. With, with, with uh, I think Joe Burrow is, is probably... If he's one, then Burrow's probably 1A or, or I mean, uh, two. And let's not forget about Herbert, who no, maybe hasn't had a great year. He's had a good enough year, though, to have his team in the top 10. Yep. And he has the look. I mean, he yeah. is that... Big, Big, strong, yeah. pocket passer. Like, like, if you're going into next season and any of those guys are your guy, there's reason for optimism. They're not all going to work out, but but they're pretty decent prospects. But to think that Kyle Allen is in that discussion is somewhat telling. I think the interesting thing would be, um, and I don't know the answer to this, but who would have the higher trade value? Kyle Allen or Cam Newton? If you had to, if you were to, if you felt like you could only take one of those question. guys, 
Who, who are you keeping and who are you trading? I don't think Cam Newton has any trade value. I think it's a sixth or a seventh round draft pick or some sort of, you know, if he achieves these. So he has, he has value, just not as high as you would think or, right. or, or people might think. I mean, Kyle Allen on a rookie contract, so he's not making a lot of money, a lot younger. I, I mean, do, do, you do, a, do you do a Patriots, if you will, and you keep Cam Newton and then you trade Kyle Allen to somebody for a bunch of picks? I don't know what Kyle Allen is worth. I mean, maybe he's worth... I'll give you a hot take. I, I think both of them are going to be on the roster next year. Do you really? Right now. Right now. That, and now I'm giving myself an out because that could change. But I, I so just, all three are the same. Cam is the same, and Kyle is the same, and Will Greer is the same. I think this. I think Kyle Allen's done a great job. I think a healthy Cam Newton at $19 million, uh, I think you can still work with that because you have Kyle Allen on that rookie contract. Now, Oh, you can afford it. There's no question yeah. you can afford it. And, and, and here's the reason why. But if you start... No, but here's the reason why. And I, and I understand there's, there's the potential for the quarterback controversy. But I just think you got to have two... You know, we haven't seen enough out of Will Greer. In preseason, he didn't look great. Now, maybe he's progressing, and maybe... To me, he might be the linchpin in all this. If Will Greer is progressing enough to the point where they feel like he could be a serviceable backup, then maybe you'd think about jettisoning Cam Newton, save the $19 million. Let's and, not forget Will Greer was picked as the heir apparent. He was picked to be the next guy. Kyle Allen was the bridge guy. Right, right. But but has Kyle... Things change. Things change. Things change. So I have have a sneaky suspicion that... And here's... I will say this. Hold on a minute. i got to tell you this. Every time I have a sneaky suspicion, it doesn't work out. So I can be be completely wrong with my sneaky suspicion. But right now, today, on November 14th, and and I could change my opinion down the stretch... Like November 15th or 16th. Or then three hours. But right now, as we're sitting in this car doing the bearded car cast, I just have a hunch that they're going to they're gonna both they'll both be the quarterbacks of this team. Now. And uh, the risk isn't that high because yeah. Newton's only on the one-year contract. Right. It, like, if you want to keep him, you know, it can be a situation like Joe Flacco where the young guy right. gets the chance after six or eight weeks. Or Cam can go out and play really well. Because here's the thing. When he's 100% healthy, he's difficult to prepare against. And yeah. he makes amazing plays. Now, this is the piece of the equation that we don't know, right? We don't know how severe this injury is. You know, obviously they, they, they're going to do the surgery and it looks like he'll be fine for March and he'll be able to do all that stuff. But if they can't get a lot for Cam Newton, like his I wouldn't greatest cut him. value might be to be on your roster. I, I don't think I if, if you can't get anything for him, I don't think I would cut him and just let him walk. Yeah. But, but you know what? But there's a, look, I mean, if you, this is a, there's a, there is a financial advantage to doing that. Well, that's the question. If you don't pay Cam Newton $19 million, what do you do with it? Stan McCaffrey? I mean... I, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, that's one thing. I'm not sure I disagree that, that it's not a bad strategy to give yourself another look. I mean, if you don't know if Kyle Allen is good enough, like, you think he might be, you kind of like him, and you're not really sure if Cam Newton's done or not, bring him back, figure it out during next season, by the end of next year, you better have an answer. And it, and it may be as simple as, you know, maybe they try to work something out where they wait till March. And I forget the, the calendar. They, they have a little bit of leeway in how long they have to do to cut them, right? Like, they don't have to... 
isn't it like don't they have like the the April cuts or something like that where they so I mean they they could wait they, that could be like an eleventh hour decision where they wait to the last minute and make a decision so we'll see I mean it's gonna be it's it's fascinating and, and this is one of the reasons why the NFL is king because from day one after the Super Bowl until the Panthers make a decision one way or the other. That is going to be talked about, bandied about, dissected, analyzed, picked at, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of already over it, but because there's nothing like it's a good thing you don't host a daily talk show. Because <laughs> if you're over it, you would have I don't know the next 150 days to talk about. But it. but to me, it's like at some point until you have a clear cut decision it, it's just a waste of time that's speculation but that's yeah. what sports no, talk that's is that's exactly what it is a man yeah. that does a podcast that doesn't want to talk about topical things no I like things. to talk about topical things but I think everything runs a course where at some point there's no more meat left on the bone you know so we gotta wait for the meat to come back on the bone one theory that I've always thought about that would be interesting is uh, you keep both the quarterbacks and then uh, kind of like the Teddy Bridgewater do you then make a decision in the first six or eight weeks of the season and try and, you know, get something of more... Like, in other words, are you getting more value in that situation? Or if you're making a trade, you get more value in, you know... Well, they have to both be healthy. They have to show good on tape in the preseason and such. But, yeah, I mean, if you're willing to suck up the $19 million anyway, then maybe you you take your chance, see if you can get something more later. If not, keep them on the roster, and that's the way she goes. And away we go to Johnson City, Tennessee. We're going to wrap this sucker up. Uh, glad you listened. Hope you enjoyed it. Leave us a review, uh, even if it's blistering. Dave loves to see those. Send us your five-star as well. We, we like those, too. We like to up our Uber ratings. We just like to know that people are listening. Yeah. And send us an email. Uh, we did hear from Vern. So we were talking about, um, you know, Vern, our buddy, who comes to the coaches show. He, he listened. We finally got them listening to the podcast. So what did he say? Um... So we were talking about um, you. You said something. You made a. Uh, you were talking about how you love ginger in your food. Yeah. Well, and, I, and I said I'm more of a Marianne guy. It's a. It's a. Um, yeah. yeah. Gilligan's, Gilligan's Island. Island reference. It's a very. It's a very modern topical it was, reference. It was a, it was a our, very subtle joke, but Vern gave me the thumbs up on it. Yeah, so our, thank you, Vern. Our, our young listeners are really. No, 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 no. They had to Google <laughs> that. John had to YouTube it to get that reference. Anyway. Uh, send us an email, beardedcarcast at outlook.com. You can follow along on Twitter and now available on Stitcher. 